Hello, my loves, and welcome back to another episode of Shots of Serenity. So this is a really bittersweet moment where this is the end, part six of the first series ever here at Shots of Serenity, The Helping Profession. I just want to take the time out to thank all of my interviewees. I know they're probably tired of me continuously thanking them, but my gratitude is really like no other. I really appreciate everyone taking the time out to either meet with me in person, via Zoom, whatever. I I just thank you because you could have been doing so many other things and you took the time out to share your knowledge and your wisdom and it is greatly appreciated. We're not over yet, y'all. I have one more bomb interviewee coming up that you will be listening to in a second. Um, yeah, I just really wanted to take the time to just, again, thank you for my supporters. Thank you to the interviewees, again, <laughs> that have really taken the time to, you know, just, just talk with me and just have those conversations that kind of seem uncomfortable. Like I always say, this is a safe space, whether that be whatever I'm disclosing to you guys or whatever people come on to the episode or the podcast to talk about. So I really do just want to promote the fact that it is a safe space. There really is no judgment. It's not welcome here if it is. Just because that was the whole purpose of me starting Shots of Serenity as a whole. So just a really quick check-in, y'all, I am doing well. I hope all of you all are doing well. Um, You know, school is, it started and now it's running, okay? So we're getting into the swing of things. I'm getting group projects to do this, that. Oh, and ironically, I actually did, so one of the classes we take is group counseling. And I decided to be one of the first people <laughs> to lead the group. And I did that the other night. And y'all, it was just so nerve-wracking. But I actually did really well. I don't know. My nerves and anxiety be getting to me. I be in my head. Mind you, I took like the day before and most of the day like of the actual uh, group counseling session to go over what I was saying, making sure I'm hitting all the topics. And I was so in my head that I felt like I folded, but obviously we're our worst critic because apparently I didn't. (laughs) But it was a really good experience to kind of see how it would feel to lead a group counseling session, especially for the first time. So that was really dope. I told you guys I'm on the mind, body, and soul journey intentionally at least and one thing that we wanted to do I felt like what I needed as far as the body goes is to get a trainer and in Tallahassee there's like dope trainers obviously this is not sponsored or anything but one place that we tried out was Iconic Physique and when I say just that one session I felt like pushed me (laughs) to what I needed I'm just a little sad right now, y'all, because I was willing to wipe out my savings, okay, just to afford these sessions because I feel like that's what I need, like, that commitment that I'm spending all of my money, okay, and someone that's just being consistent. You know, I felt like the trainer was very opening. It was a very welcoming environment. It didn't seem like he was pushing you just to push you, um... So yeah, I guess kind of a little sad part is that I don't think I could really afford it, (laughs) but they do do $10 Saturdays, so I want to try to commit and do that when I'm off, and that's really a thing. But what me and Jessica did decide to do is work out every Monday, Wednesday, uh, Friday, and Sunday. So Monday and Friday, we do T25, so y'all know back in the day, the Sean T25, um... And she has, like, the whole things from, like, alpha to beta. So we do that. Wednesday, we went, well, she went and got um, this, like, circuit thing from Walmart. And we actually do workouts out in a field. 
then Sunday, we haven't started yet, at least on the Sunday part, is we are going to attempt to wake up early. And we used to do, um, well, we still kind of do sporadically. It just hasn't been consistent. These walks from our apartment to the park, the park that we actually work out on, work out at on Wednesdays. But on Wednesdays, we just drive there because the workout be so intense. But on Sundays, we're going to do the walk and going there is like a mile and a half and going back is a mile and a half. So about three miles of a walk. Um, So I'm really excited because I feel like that's a schedule that we can really do because you have a day off and we have each other as accountability partners. So I'm really excited. Y'all, I can talk forever about how many times I started a fitness journey, seen myself lose weight, then school started and gain it all plus some back in three months. But this is no judgment. We're having grace. We're having patience with ourselves. And yeah, that's just what I'm doing and I'm not beating myself up. I am happy that we can have a schedule that at least works for right now as we know, you know, school changes and all that. But just want to be consistent with that. So yeah, that's my little update. Now let's go ahead and get into it because this interviewee really, 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 really love her. Okay, I appreciate the conversations we have. I appreciate her perspective. Her heart is just really so genuine and kind. So I'm going to stop talking and y'all go ahead and the intro and then we'll go ahead and get into the conversation. Hello, my loves, and welcome to Shots of Serenity, where you can find dope conversations and a peace of mind. This podcast is not meant to be a replacement for counseling or psychotherapy. I encourage each and every one of you to seek out a licensed helping professional as you see fit. This podcast was established as a safe space to continue the conversation of mental health and all of its manifestations. Now, let's get into it. Welcome back to the Helping Profession series. This is part six, the last part. My interviewee, kind of what I was talking about in my last episode, I feel like this podcast journey has allowed me to connect with people that I feel like I've never had. Even though we kind of have like a mutual friend that's her family member, I feel like I was so blessed to kind of meet this person and I'm just really excited about our connection where it goes from here being that she is a part of the helping profession her spirit is so lovely and welcoming so I'm just really super excited for all of our future endeavors so I will allow her to introduce herself and then we can get into it hello everyone thank you so much for having me I I am so grateful just to be here and be in this space um, my name is Catherine Jopif. I am a registered mental health counselor intern. I am also the founder of Be the Change Mental Health. And Be the Change was mostly founded just to provide um, mental health awareness to po- the population and to provide therapy services to those that are in need. I am also the director of a nonprofit organization called Lakaisa Lakai. Um, where we do provide nonprofit work to those Caribbean island, islands such as Haiti and the Dominican Republic. So yeah, that's, that's a little about me. <laughs> hey, well, one, thank you for all the work that you have done. You are greatly appreciated. I know that takes a lot of time, especially like out of being a counselor as a whole. So we appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank so, you. I definitely feel appreciated. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. All right. So to get started, and y'all, y'all may hear me say Miss Kathy or Kathy. So don't mind not me. That old. <laughs> You're not that old at all. But you know, just like a respect thing or whatever. <laughs> but um, all right, Kathy. So what degrees, experiences, and/or certifications do you hold that relate to the helping profession? So I know you're said you're a registered mental health counselor um, and that you have some nonprofits. so do you mind kind of expanding on each of those a little bit so yeah so I I did have to go and get my master's um, in mental health counseling and then what that typically entails is you doing a thousand internship hours obviously this depends on your university of choice or the grad school that you're going to 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you're done with your internship hours, you're able to become a registered mental health counselor, which is you, you're working pretty much under a, an actual person that is licensed or a qualified supervisor. So with my nonprofit organization, um, it was typically started to provide services to the women and children of Haiti. So what we generally do is we go out there and provide um, not just food and monetary, but we also do toiletry drives. We do toy drives. We do a lot of things to give back to the community in, in Haiti and in the Dominican Republic. Um, but it, not only that, but it was really solely founded in order to also teach the women of these islands a trade so that they are not only being able to give back to their families, but give back to the community. So what that means is when we go out there, we sign them up. Um, We have people that we outsource that'll typically teach them a trade, whether it's how to braid hair or how to do certain things to where they can make their own money and then be profitable. And so in turn, they're able to be able to take care of their families independently without having to solely depend on either my non- our nonprofit organization or those that are available. They're pretty much able to work independently by themselves. And so that's what we typically do in, in, that, in that essence. Got you. And that's so amazing because I feel like a lot of times, you know, when other nonprofits kind of go out and outsource, it's really just like, okay, let me give you this, this and that. And then by the time they leave, you know, the individuals themselves only have those supplies that they were provided for so long, but kind of nothing to take away from it. So I love like that uniqueness about your nonprofit, like being able to not only provide them with resources, but allowing them, like you said, to have a sense of independence so they won't really depend on you too much and allowing them to kind of grow as a per- as a person and individually and thus in turn helping their community and their uh, country. So that's real dope, honestly. So like, with that, yeah. no problem. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So like with that being said, what populations are you interested in working with or what populations are you working with right now? (laughs) So I've always been interested in working with the adolescent population, um, primarily because my love for therapy was discovered when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. So I met this counselor and she completely inspired me to become a therapist as I am now. So eventually I would love to work with the adolescent population. I did my internship with teenagers and it's it's a completely different experience. It's amazing. Some people will see that it ha- dealing with teenagers are a little difficult in the aspect that they're not as respect- receptive to therapy as maybe adults who will come to you automatically for therapy or when you typically see an adult client, they usually just come to you. It's not because someone is forcing them Whereas teenagers, more than likely, the the parents are the ones that are, hey, you need to go to therapy. Something is seriously wrong with you or, you know, I can't do this unless there's a therapist involved and so forth. Generally, I do believe that dealing or working with um, the adolescent population is where my passion lies, Mm -hmm. as it is where I discovered the passion that I had for therapy in itself. So eventually, I would love to get back to that and continue to my work with them. Um, right now, I am working with mostly the adult population, um, but eventually I would love to go back to my roots, which is with working with teenagers. And that's where my passion lies. Yes. And I can tell, I mean, y'all can't see her, but I can see the passion in your <laughs> voice when you talk about it. And I don't know, I think, well, adolescence may be a little different, but I know um, in some of the other episodes or just talking in general, I've been saying like, I don't know if I really have the the patience for kids <laughs> because of some of the things like you stated, like wanting to be more receptive. So kind of like you, when I was younger, I had to go to counseling because my parents got divorced and I hated it. Like I was mm-hmm. lucky that one of them, I had like the privilege of having a counselor that, that looks like me, but I just could not fathom the thought of talking to someone that's a stranger about my life, especially, you know, right. as a Caribbean. So much respect to you for that. And it shows you a lot about your patience and, you know, your love and dedication for it. 
Um, yeah, it's definitely not something that everyone is capable of doing or has the level of patience to do. But definitely when you're passionate for it, your passion will always drive you to do the things that you felt you were never capable of doing before. So I think that's the most important, especially when working in our in our field. Passion is definitely everything. Right. And then you're basically, you know, kind of molding these individuals to be the next generation of helping professions. So I think that's really dope as well. Um, So those listening, don't take me for me and my lack of patience (laughs) to not help, you know, the youth because they are our future, essentially. So yes, I love that. I love that. All right. So what would you say mental health means to you as an individual? For me, mental health means and is everything. So what I mean by that is I feel that the phrase health is wealth to me is mental health is true wealth. Mm -hmm. So I am also a firm believer that your mind is the most powerful muscle of your body. So what that means is that if you don't take the time to practice self-care, practice daily gratitude, practice your affirmations, and just truly invest in your mind, your spirit, and, and in turn, your body will thank you for it. So if, like I said, mental health is pretty, your mind is a muscle. Mm -hmm. And again, if you don't exercise it, if you don't take the time to really devote your time and effort into getting yourself to a place of peacefulness, a piece of happiness, then what are you really doing? Because ultimately all of our decisions lead up to our mental health and the way that we feel, the way that we are with the people that love us, the people that surround us, even our work environment. If we're not happy mentally, then how are we going to be profitable to society or how are we going to pour into other people if we're, we ourselves are not at peace with our minds or at peace with our spirits? So definitely it's, it's everything to me. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why I went into the profession to begin with, because I understand that it's so important for you to be at a place mentally where you're happy or where you're mentally um, at peace. And so when you pour into your mental health, you're able to then pour into others. Mm -hmm. So definitely. Yes, that was so well said, especially um, with the examples you used about of like in your workplace and stuff, because a lot of times we are, you know, initially working jobs that we may not really like, at least at the moment. But if your mindset is not like, okay, this is not a career. This is just a job to get me financially stable or okay for right now. Mm-hmm. I may not like it, but the outlook is, you know, I'm thankful that I have a job. I'm thankful that I'm able to have the resources to have a roof over my head, a car to drive and all that. And I feel like those outlooks start with your mental as opposed to, you know, you just allow the stressors of work to get to you and then you have a negative outlook in it towards it. And then in turn, you're not doing good at, in work. And then it's just so many mm-hmm. like rippling effects for it. So I love how you, you know, explain that it was very, very well stated. Yeah, it's definitely a, it's, it's definitely a domino effect when you, you have with, with regards to your mental health, this is a domino effect in the sense that if you feed positivity into your mind and feed positivity into your spirit, in turn, you're able to feed that same energy and that same positivity into others. Mm-hmm. It's in the same aspect. If you continue to tell yourself all these negative things or you allow your mind to tell yourself these things, that's exactly what's going to be projected onto your life. So if you're constantly seeing the negative in all the situations, whether it's oh, in your relationship, for example, oh, I, I can't stand my partner or my partner is getting on my nerves. I hate when he does this. I hate when he does that. Versus you looking at the positive in that individual, then the positive is what is going to feed off of mm-hmm. versus your, the negative. The negative, you continue to feed into the negative. The negative is what's going to project itself. And so all you're going to focus on is that negativity about that individual. So. Yeah. And then it definitely becomes your wait. reality. <laughs> right, yeah. right, exactly. Definitely the way that you, um, the way that your mind sets itself up and you're able to um, practice that daily gratitude and practice your, your, the positive things about that person and just appreciate it about every aspect of your life is what's going to project itself into your, your, your physical world. Mm-hmm. And then not even to just stay on this topic too long, but I think it's just so amazing. The example, again, you gave about, you know, relationships when you're progressing mentally, it's conducive to your relationships, you know, as opposed to you just 
being upset with your partner that they don't like and kind of just taking that left field and then again that domino effect is all right now you got some problems at home in your relationship as opposed to just you know being open-minded having that perspective that gratitude that understanding about the situation itself and how your partner felt about it so I think it's important to say your mental health basically like you said runs your life you know it's exactly yeah, it's included in every aspect of your life, especially like your outlook on it. Um, so with that being said, y'all, it's important. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So you kind of really explained this question, but as a whole, what does being a part of the helping profession mean to you? So I know you kind of um, digged into it a little bit when you talked about your passion and love for working with adolescents, but as a whole, how, what does it mean to you to be that, you know, that vessel, that shoulder to lean on for others? Yeah, being a part of um, the health being professional, it definitely means a lot to me. Um, It means that I'm a part of someone's change for the better, whether they may be uplifting them mentally, helping them recognize certain symptoms that they may have, or may have not even been able to recognize had I not been involved. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, what it means to me is that I'm able to teach them effective coping strategies to be able to increase their overall level of happiness, their overall level of peacefulness and mindfulness over their life. So it also to me, it also means that I'm able to potentially help save someone else's life or help improve it. So I am also I am a very firm believer that in order for us to be able to see a, the dif- a difference in the world, that we must first become the change or become the difference that we want to see. And how do we do that? By continuing to invest in our mental health and continue to invest in our level of happiness and our level of peace of mind. I think it's so important because oftentimes we complain about a lot of things that we see in this world and we're doing nothing about it. We're not we're not doing anything that's conducive to making the world a better place, whether it's open, doing something so simple, like opening the door for someone mm-hmm. that, that we see a stranger. Yes. It can make someone say, because I know for me personally, I go to the grocery store and whether it's a man or a woman, if I always try to look behind me to just to see who it is. And if I see that they may need an extra help where they can't open the door for themselves, I'll stand right there. It's only going to take a minute or 30 seconds, right? Or even if you see someone having a bad day, you try to give them a compliment or try to give them something encouraging. I know with social distancing and, you know, everyone being afraid of getting into close contact, it's a little bit more difficult. But for the most part, we all have the ability to change someone's life without even realizing how, how much potential or how, how much are um, how much we're able to pour into someone just even in a in a three minute uh, contact w- that we have with that person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, even as simple as like you said, just or just even asking someone, "How are you doing today?" How, just, right, right. Just showing that gratitude, thank you, I appreciate you. Those words they they do mm. a lot more than we can think because. You know, just a scenario, imagine a mom of like three kids, you know, working mm. her butt off, holding the house down by herself at that. And someone, you know, you're, um, you work in the customer service or anything like that. You just mm-hmm. simply say, I really appreciate you. You're appreciated or thank you. That can mean a lot to that mom that's been right. hustling, grinding for her child or her children. Exactly. In a sense. And it can really, again, keep keep allowing that woman to have a sense of motivation to keep going for her kids, keep going for herself. So what you said about just those wanting to one, be the change you want to see and just doing the little things that seem like, oh, that's not going to help someone overall. It will because that one day that probably could have went south, it's now in a better position because you were just that much more graceful and just an overall nice human being. (laughs) Right, right. It doesn't take much to be nice to someone, be kind everywhere you go. It does not take much. It's a matter of you just being appreciative for the service that you're being provided. Even if, like you said, it's at a grocery store and you see someone having a long day, say, hey, you know, I just want to let you know that I appreciate you. And I know for a lot of people, it's 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 a little uncomfortable, especially if you're not very good with your words or you you weren't grow you you didn't grow up in a household where 
you were taught to um, show appreciation with words or, you know, it might be a little difficult because you're stepping outside of your comfort zone. But ultimately, you have to think about how this is going to potentially help someone and change their day, change their mind, or even um, continue to inspire them yeah. and, and allow that that difference that you're making right then and there. And it's going to allow them to remember, wow, this one person just said this. I want to be able to spread that joy and spread that love that this person poured into me. I want to be able to help someone on their journey as well and 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 in turn, it, like I said, it's going to be a domino effect. You're putting in that positive positivity that you want in the world. And it's, in turn, it's always going to come back to you one way or the other. Right. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it is safe to say that it is kind of hard sometimes when you are having people that are just so nasty for no reason and just so rude. And you kind of think like, OK, well, this person's rude. I'm going to be rude back to them. And But that's when it becomes that <laughs> negative domino effect, you know, OK, mm-hmm. now you're being nasty. So I'm going to be nasty to you. Then in turn, that person's going to be nasty to that person. I feel like it's so like what I've always kept in the back of my mind is you can catch more bees with honey than you can with vinegar. So being mm. all nasty to somebody is not mm-hmm. going to really, you're, you're stopping your own blessings as opposed to, right. you know, just being nice, even if they're not nice back. And in turn, you're getting blessings as well. Like, you know, don't go in it with the mindset of, okay, I'm only going to be nice so that I can get blessed as well. Right. But <laughs> if you just kind of think like, okay, that lady was nasty, but I did my due diligence and my good karma will come when it needs to come. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Oh, I just, I just love having these conversations because it's just perspective. <laughs> you know, it is very right. like, even personally for me. Like, I feel like just getting into this profession, it allowed me to have a lot more grace. Not in, not only for myself, but other people. Like, you know, now I'm just working in. Um, mm. Let me not say just. I'm working in customer service part time, and it's very hard to be nice to people that are just rude to you for no absolute reason. But in mm. that same breath, you don't know what's going on at home. You don't right. know if you came from an abusive relationship or had a horrible day or got laid off or anything like that. And me combating that negative with their negative mm. is only making it worse as opposed to right. just you know thugging out I'm gonna be nice even though you're a little rude I'm gonna be nice to you and we just gonna <laughs> keep it moving so no it's definitely difficult especially when you you have someone that makes it really difficult to be nice to mm-hmm. but ultimately ultimately yeah we're we're human like we can't put too much on ourselves either like we're not perfect we're not, I'm not saying that I go out and all the time be pleasant, but I am <laughs> saying that every power or every chance that you can get to be kind and just to put that positive positivity out in the world, then do it. Why not? You know, especially if you're having a good day and you want to just spread it to the world, then why not? Right. But yeah, and with regards to what you said about someone come, you you know, someone approaching you and being combative or they're just so negative and you're like oh how can I be nice to someone so rude Mm -hmm. it's like at the same time it's like like you said you never know what this person just finished going through Mm -hmm. or what they where they came from or why they're they're the way that they are and so it, it does when you're finally in the field it does provide you with more perspective in the sense where you're like okay I understand now as you're working with your clients you're like oh I understand why you're this way I understand why you have trust issues it's because of the the father the relationship that you had with your parents or the relationship you had with your father or or I understand why you're afraid of certain things it's because of a lot of it leads to our childhood traumas or the traumas that we experience from our past so like I said as you go in deeper into your profession you're going to realize like you're going to start looking at things from a different perspective more so why are you this way okay it could have been from something that you just finished conquering and you haven't fully recovered from yeah so or just you know having that little slip up by accident I I'm on the journey of not cursing people out I accidentally (laughs) cussed you out but don't judge me for it I just had a little slip up but like you yeah you know what (laughs) (laughs) having that grace is it honestly even when it's hard it is and it's hard it's really really hard because like I said we're human Mm -hmm. we can't expect us to be perfect and happy all the time either like we're all battling our own mental health issues we're we're not perfect God did not create us to be perfect so we cannot put too much on ourselves as human beings 
We are only here to get better every day and to make sure that we continue to pour in ourselves and in turn be able to pour into others. Yes, yes. That, that's the key right there. We can end it right there. That's it. Like that was the key. <laughs> that was the key. Um, but all right, to um, you know, shift gears a little bit. My next question is what do you personally believe are some of the pros and cons to your specific helping profession? So we know that you're an aspiring licensed mental health counselor. So what would you see are the pros and cons as compared to, you know, like a psychologist, psychiatrist or so forth? I mean, there are a lot of pros and cons within (laughs) any profession, um, but I think the most important aspect of all, above all else is that you're passionate about the work that you're doing and that in itself, the cons won't even matter because the reward is one that will reap um, and will be greater than any cons that might come in the way to either discourage you or that may ultimately give you the compassion fatigue within your profession. Mm-hmm. But one of the pros I believe that within our field is for example, um, just being able to be a blessing mm-hmm. to others, being able to help people. I think I think that in itself is definitely a pro mm-hmm. um, and it's a reward. Um, I also think that you're able to continue to give back to the community, able to pour into someone else in the same way that at one point you might've wished that someone would pour into you. Mm-hmm. Like how many times do we wish that someone would be there to give a listening ear or to be there for us or to give us the comfort of of not being judged I think we do a lot of that like in our profession it's we don't we don't judge others we listen we're there to just guide be a guide through your life because you are you are the teacher of your own life and um I think being able to do that is a con it's a pro in itself mm-hmm. um another pro that I think we have is the fact that within our profession we're able to do so much mm-hmm. we're able to do um it's a, it's a it's a profession that you're able to be a therapist you're able to be a marriage and family therapist a substance abuse counselor a case manager you can teach psychology um you can own your own practice you can become a qualified supervisor eventually you know there, there's just so much that you can do so it doesn't it doesn't allow yourself to be limited to wh- where you can take your career. Mm-hmm. So pretty much the sky is the limit when it comes to our field. We're not with a with a psychology degree. You can do so much because it in everything is psychology, right? right. So <laughs> okay, yeah. So then the cons, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, the cons. On the contrary. <laughs> um, we can be extremely underpaid, right, to start off. <laughs> not that money is everything, but, you know, you don't want to be in a field where you're not getting paid for what you are worth. And I feel like we're worth so much. Like, mm-hmm. it is because of us that so many are able to live happier lives and so many are able to work and be good at the, what they do because without your mental health, what do you really have? Right. So, Um, yeah, on the contrary, it can be, you can be extremely underpaid Mm -hmm. the hours on top of that, the hours that you, you need for licensure, I'm sorry, for graduation to start off with, it can be a lot. Yeah. So you need, it all depends on the university that you're graduating from for your master's. But I know for me personally, it, it was about a thousand hours. That was a lot because, you know, for people that cannot take the luxury of just, oh, I'm just going to um, not work for an entire year while I do my internship, it can take a toll on you. Or so, work not get paid because with those internships, you're still counseling, you're still doing paperwork, you're still doing all that and not getting paid for it. Not getting paid for it. So if you're having to juggle working, doing internship, and then, you know, if you had a have a daughter, so for me, it was like, I was working probably 80 hours a week, just trying to finish my internship for an entire year. It was almost about that amount. And so it can take a toll on you and it can take a toll on your mental health. You even as a therapist, like we're not perfect. So definitely the cons of that could be that the um, the hours needed for graduation and licensure are both extensive because it doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't stop. You graduate and you still got it for free. Right. Not, not for free. Once you graduate, you can start getting paid for your services. So you can like right now, what I am, I am a registered mental health counselor intern 
while I am technically still an intern, I am getting paid for my services. Mm-hmm. But what that means is I am working under a qualified supervisor who is supervising my hours and supervising my clients. And so I am able to charge for the services that I am providing. So, yeah. So another con I think um, is also that in the event that you do decide to move, yeah. your license may not be carried into that state. So it all depends on the state that you're traveling to. Some of them, you will probably have to do something over again. Mm-hmm. So it all de- it all depends. But yeah. yeah, those are my main cons. Mm-hmm. Which aren't too bad because I think it's good for, right. for people that are listening that aspire to be these things. But like you said, if the passion is there, if the love is there, it really doesn't even feel like it. Like we were joking, having a little kiki, but it's, it's worth it, you know, and then you do still learn from it. And like you said, you, you're getting mm-hmm. paid after graduation. So that's still good. <laughs> right. I think the most important thing is the passion. If you don't have passion, passion for the work that you do. And and it doesn't just have to be in the helping profession. If you don't have passion for any work that you're involved in, it won't last because it's not going to be fulfilling you in the ways that you need to be fulfilled as a human being. Um, The things that we look for are things that make us happy. And we don't just want to be making money. We want to be happy doing what we're doing. Money is not going to make you happy. It's not going to satisfy your every need. Ultimately, we need to be we need to be happy in, in whatever work we're doing. So um, if you're passionate about this field, if you're passionate about helping others, if you're passionate about changing the world and changing lives and changing minds, and most definitely this is the field for you, despite being underpaid for the first couple of years or whatever it is, you know, I think the passion will definitely steer um, whatever, whatever you may feel about all any of the cons that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you for that. Thank you for being honest and open. I really appreciated your perspective. So what would you say, what would you say are your long-term goals as a licensed mental health counselor? Um, long-term, I would love to be able to have a larger practice with over 10 to 30 therapists working under me. I would love to be a qualified supervisor in the aspect that I'm able to um, help others, help other aspiring mental health therapists or therapists and I'm able to guide them and I'm able to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. So that that is my that is my passion and that is ultimately where I would want to take take on my role. That's my long-term goal is just to have my own practice, my physical own practice because I have a practice now but it's it's right now it's virtually. Mm-hmm. So eventually I would love to expand and have my own office, um, be able to see my clients and have people working under me. So that would be my long-term goal. Okay. Yes. For your long-term goals. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> what would you say sets apart uh, LMHC compared to anybody else? Well, not anybody else, but as far as you know, again, that psychiatrist, maybe a social worker. So when you're a licensed mental health counselor with, with respect to other helping professionals, like um, let's say a social worker, for example, social workers, they mainly focus on the social aspect and they serve just as a case manager does where they, they mostly help them with resources and help them in every other aspect, not just counseling. Um, I believe it, it all depends if you're a licensed clinical social worker, mm-hmm. then you are able to provide therapy. But in addition to that, you're also able to provide those resources for the client. Um, whereas a licensed mental health counselor, we, we pretty much do the same, but um, we mostly focus on um, providing talk therapy. Mm-hmm. We specialize in therapeutic in- interventions. Um, you know, we, we, we can cater to families. We can cater to, there's just so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, I think within the helping profession, it's all very similar. So for me to be able to sit there and decipher, I think we all have a lot of commonalities where mm-hmm. we, we all are, we all have one goal in mind, which is to help others and to mm-hmm provide awareness to mental health and to help um, them live better and more fulfilled lives. So for me to try to decipher the differences, it's really hard because we have so many similarities than we do 
differences. Got you. Okay, I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> okay, so you kind of um, talked about a little bit earlier how when you were uh, involved in therapy as an adolescent, it's kind of what inspired you to become one. So that next question is what inspired you <laughs> to be a licensed mental health counselor? So did you always know from the jump, like, this is what I want to do or? Okay, so pretty much um, yes and no. And I say mainly yes, because I always did have a passion for helping others. I just didn't know how. I didn't know what, I didn't know where my place on earth was in the sense where I didn't know where, I didn't know what therapy was until I finally did see a therapist. And then that pretty much lighted the fire that was already within me. So, because it's not for everyone. Um, Some people can get easily overwhelmed, especially when hearing other people's quote unquote problems. Primarily, I did grow when I was growing up, I did have to see a therapist, um, mainly because of I did have some childhood traumas. Mm-hmm. And so when I finally did go, I met this therapist who really poured into me. And I was, I was probably about to end my life. I was really, really at a place in life where um, I lost my two children. I was a teen, teenage mom. I lost two children at a really early age. And so I had to see someone to help me get over these hurdles that I had in, early on in life. Um, and this person, this individual transformed my life in the sense where she helped me overcome a lot of that. And I say helped because it wasn't just her. It was, it was my faith. It was my spirituality. It wasn't just her, obviously it was me too, but mainly it was because of her that I am able to help others who are probably going through the same thing or similar situations. So she inspired me to become a therapist. She inspired my love for mental health. And it was because of her that I'm like, okay, I remember the, the feeling that I felt when I was in therapy and just being able to be heard and, and not judged. And so that, that is what inspired me to be a therapist. Well, one, I'm so sorry for that. And I really appreciate you, you know, being vulnerable enough to talk about that. Cause I think it's so important. Like I always say, what I do really want from this is allowing someone to kind of hear mm-hmm. other people's story, whether that be my story or other people that come on mm-hmm. um, to the podcast. Cause I feel like a lot of times we feel like we're the only ones going through things and no one else has ever gone through it, but just being able to hear not only someone has gone through it, but conquered it has learned through it has, you know, grew from it is very right. touching. So I thank you so much. And like oh, I said, the space, this is the, the reason why I started this. And you're, I'm, I greatly appreciate you. <laughs> thank oh. you. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. That means a lot. So to kind of, I guess, like wrap it up in a sense, do you have any advice for any aspiring licensed mental health counselors? I think my advice to aspiring mental health counselors is definitely follow your heart. Mm-hmm. Follow your passion. If you are doing it for things that are outside of that, outside of your love for humanity, outside of your love for um, doing what's best for others and um, just anything outside that does not encompass love and does not encompass um, healing for others, I think I think you're in it for the wrong reason. Yeah, Definitely follow your heart, follow your passion. Um, and if you're passionate about helping others, if you're passionate about pouring into others, then do it. Do not allow yourself to be limited based on, oh, I'm working. I have too much going on. I can't do internship or trust me, there is always a way when your passion is the one that leads your, leads you to doing what you're wanting to do. So definitely that, that is my advice just to follow your heart. So next question is, do you have any advice for any clients that want to seek out a licensed mental health counselor that's a little apprehensive, don't know where to start? Yeah, definitely. I I feel it's important that you find a therapist that you can relate to first and foremost, Um, someone that you feel resonates with your mind and your spirit. Um, It's also important to not be discouraged when you meet a therapist who does not necessarily align with your beliefs or your culture or the way that you do certain things or your life practices. It's important to understand that not everyone that, not every therapist that you meet is going to fit. It's going to be a good fit for you. It's it's good to not be discouraged and just to continue to find someone that you feel sits well with your soul because ultimately 
we want someone that we can relate to and we want someone that um, will reciprocate the same energy that we're pouring in. So, but don't allow, let's say you come into contact with someone that doesn't necessarily align with you. Don't, don't let that stop you from getting the services that you need. Keep finding, keep trying and keep finding someone until you find someone that, wow, I, I can finally relate to an individual because it's not going to always fit. Yeah. You're not always going to find the match for you. It takes time, um, but don't allow it to be discouraged. Um, and if you feel like you need help, don't be apprehensive about getting the help that you need. Talk to someone, yeah. whether it's a family member, whether it's a friend, whoever, but it's important that you do get help. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're at a point where you either you're suicidal or you feel that those symptoms of depression or anxiety are getting the best of you, despite anything else, seek help, try to talk to someone, try to find someone that that is a fit for you. And don't let anything discourage you. Don't let anyone discourage you from getting the help that you need, because ultimately, you know what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important what you said, kind of stepping out of the, you know, your comfort zone. I think we often say finding a therapist is like a relationship, you know, seeing what works for you in a relationship, in a woman, in a man, you're not going to think like, okay, you're, they have to be perfect in all these things. No, sometimes the pros, um, well, sometimes there are cons, but as long as the pros outweigh the cons, kind of like what you touched on, we're all very different, unique individuals. So there's not going to be one person that's exactly like you and believes in everything like you, because we are trained to be culturally competent. So we are also Mm -hmm. trained to be aware of our biases, just because I may believe in God does not mean I'm going to make you or try to force you to believe in God. And you shouldn't like, and, and if I, if that person is doing that, then you realize, all right, you know, this may not be the person for, for me, but a counselor's duty and job is to be able to respect that and not be biased with it. Don't allow that to intervene with any interventions, any therapy that they're providing to you. So like you said, you know, just, it's, it's okay. If they're not, if they don't check all your boxes, as long as they're respecting you, yeah, I feel like as long as they're respecting you, um, respecting your morals, your views, your culture, and providing that help in that respect, then we're cool. We can we can be right. we can be counselors and clients. So <laughs> exactly. Oh well, all right, Kathy. I loved it. It's probably so early on in our relationship, but I love you. Okay, I appreciate <laughs> you just from our conversations we've had outside um, of this episode, this conversations right now. I really love your perspective. I really appreciate all that you've done. You know, just talking with me for the community, helping professions, clients in general. I really, really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Honestly. Um, I also want to thank you for taking the time out to talk to me. Y'all probably don't know, but it's almost eight o'clock right now. We're having a conversation, (laughs) but I appreciate it. Honestly, is there anything you want to, (laughs) is there anything you want to add? Maybe plug your social medias, especially your nonprofit. This will be the time. I, I did want to just also thank you. Thank you for having me in your space, having this platform and being so welcoming. And I really just wanted to thank you. You're doing such a great job for the community, for bringing mental health awareness. I definitely think that what you're doing is so great for everyone and it definitely brings a lot forth a lot of insight. You can, they can reach me at Be The Change Mental Health. That is my prior practice. <laughs> and and Lakaisa Lakai, which is the nonprofit um, that I that I am a part of also. But most of all, I just wanted to encourage anyone that is seeking mental health services to not not second guess themselves and not put themselves in a bubble and just really try to step outside of your comfort zone, especially if you know that you really are in need of mental health services. Get the help that you need. You will feel so much better for it. Your family will thank you for it. Your kids, if you're, if you have children, will thank you for it. They'll see the differences because a lot of the things that we've gone through are generational traumas, and we keep passing them on to further future generations. So it's it's up to you to definitely put an end to it and get the help that you need to make sure that it stops at you. Only you can be the change and be the difference that you want to see in this world. 
So thank you. All right. Well, thank you again so much. Oh, <laughs> thank you. All righty, righty, righty. <laughs> Y'all, happy Black History Month. Okay just wanted to make sure I ended the episode off by saying happy Black History Month. This is our first official ever Black History Month podcast or episode, I should say. So yeah, looking forward to many, 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 many more to come. Y'all, I loved this, this interview. Hell, I loved all my interviews, interviewees. And like I said, anybody that I bring on here is family, really good spirit, and has wonderful perspective. And I can't wait to continue to connect with people and just gain knowledge from anybody. (laughs) Well, not anybody, but people that actually give quality knowledge. So if you're on my Instagram, you would know that I announced that I will be specifically quoting quotes from people within our community that are heroes, leaders, role models, activists, whatever you want to call it. All of the people that we look up to on a day-to-day basis from history that kind of just allowed us to be where we are right now. I will be quoting them. Today's quote specifically is from Booker T. Washington. He says, success is to be measured not so much by the position that one has reached in life as by the obstacles which he has overcome while trying to succeed. (laughs) That was it right there. It kind of reminds me of that episode about perfect timing. We're talking about, you know, society's definition of success seems like you're not where you need to be in life. But success is really how you measure it, what you see it to be, and not how much money you have or how far along you came in your career, but the obstacles that you've went through, those failures that you've endured that taught you a lesson that you grew from and became a better person from. So I want to leave you guys with that. Stay tuned to our quotes of the week specifically this month. I mean, you should stay tuned every episode. But specifically this month, as they're going to be from black leaders, heroes, and again, role models that we all love. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for thugging out our first series. Be sure to tune in next week as we talk about love. (laughs) Bye-bye, guys. Have a great week. Thank you everyone for joining and being a part of this journey. Please don't forget to leave a review, subscribe, and share this podcast. Also feel free to email us with any recommendations and or topics that you want to hear in the future. Our email is shotsofserenity at gmail.com. It's spelled exactly the same way as it is on the podcast. S-H-O-T-S-O-F-S-E-R-E-N-I-T-Y at gmail.com. So again, I'll see you guys next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Peace and blessings to you and your families. I hope that you guys have an amazing week.